0: The Chiefs are 1-0, and as satisfying as that is for the fans, I think we've reached a point where outcomes are seen with a longer view. What did we see in Jacksonville that will aid the Chiefs in their Super Bowl quest? Star columnists Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian have thoughts on this idea. And later, the group weighs in on the college football weekend where things went as planned for Kansas State and Missouri, not so much for KU and Les Miles. All this on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast sponsored by Big O Tires. I'm your host Blair Kirkoff, and it's Tuesday, September 10th. Vahe and Sam are here and guys, after uh, months of off-season team activities, mini-camps, training camp, preseason games, we finally have a Chiefs result to discuss. And it wasn't bad. Wasn't bad um, for the Chiefs. I mean, look, uh, there are there have been plenty of years where an opening game victory would have been, uh, especially on the road, would have been uh, party time for the Chiefs. I mean, right? I mean, just wild celebration. I find it interesting that after the Chiefs won at Jacksonville on Sunday, forty to twenty-six, kind of picked it apart a little bit. You know, the, the defense you know gave up some yards and. Uh, uh, Dustin Colquitt got on the field. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but, no, I think a good first result for the Chiefs, and really not much to pick apart, although that's not going to stop us from doing it. Do you guys agree? Uh,
1: which part? That we're About a good, good yeah. first
0: result for the Chiefs. I, I, in fact, I don't know how it could have gone much better, given what expectations were. For especially on the defensive side, and,
1: and look, think about this too. I mean, I I think you pointed it out in your game story, or certainly we've talked about it. But I mean, they scored thirty points after Tyree kills out of the game, and I guess still scored four four times in a row, including the, the very next play after Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Um, and it wasn't a forty to twenty six game, really, right? I mean, that that those late it was two late scores in a row by Jacksonville, just one, but it, the Chiefs were th- basically three touchdowns ahead for most of the second half
2: three scores ahead, three scores ahead yeah
1: three scores ahead and and that's what it felt like and and uh and the defense did contribute to that as sam got into really well on sunday for monday too so i why why wouldn't you feel good about this and and sure it's not a finished product but that that's not the nature of this
0: you know entering the game i just kind of thought jacksonville's defense was uh up for the task especially after you know last year holding mahomes to Uh, The numbers that he had, season low, passer rating, and and no touchdowns for the first time. Well, he kind of took care of that early. You know, got that one off the board.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, It's unbelievable when you think about the fact that they had Tyreek Hill for basically two series. Is is that about right? I think that's right. And and their quarterback kind of playing on, you know, one-and-a-half legs sort of. And that is a good defense. They've got tough, proud, talented guys at every level and they got punked. And, and, and not just that, but they got punked again a year after uh, you know what the Chiefs did to the Jags here, and which was actually statistically perhaps Mahomes' worst game of the season right. last year because uh, he only threw for like 310 and uh, <laughs> I think no touchdowns. If I remember right, Those it was the only, only In, game. And two picks. Yeah, the only game where he didn't throw a touchdown, I think.
0: That's correct. And
2: yeah. and but they still and they, and they were right too. The the Jaguars after that game, we're talking about you know they beat us like we stole something, and you know we've never been punked like that before. And I just thought with an off season, and um, I know he got hurt, but there was some you know juice around that team with Nick Foles. Um, yeah, you know, I I thought that that had the potential to be a lot tougher game than it seemed like a lot of people in Kansas City. Were expecting, and it just wasn't. It absolutely it just wasn't.
1: Well, just one side note, real quick, that, that you know, I, I was pretty focused on this Sunday. We all were talking about it on, on what Patrick did after he was hurt, but almost to the point where it it blinded me a little bit to how really easy and almost unbelievably easy he made it look in that before he got hurt. Yeah, and, and a little a stat that that I hadn't realized during the game that. He threw for the second most yards in the first quarter in NFL history.
2: Yeah, it looked fake. It you know just how easy it was. Like it's just, it, it, it did. It was the NFL was, supposed to be hard. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. You
0: know, against it, it, air is what Glenn yes. Mason
2: used to call that. We yeah. couldn't
0: do this against air. Yeah, it, it was like he was throwing <laughs> against air.
2: And and Blair, just to like under underline the point that you made in the open there. You know, I was at and you were there too, right? The 2013 game. And at
0: Jacksonville. At
2: Jacksonville, and and I that had been in my head like for a few weeks um, of you know to me there's just something symbolic about that of beginning this season the same place where Andy Reid's first season after 2012 began and and that 2013 game I think it was 28 to two if I remember right it was was That's the right. final and those guys came just literally dancing into the locker room and singing and and all I mean it was it was a party. Sunday in Jacksonville, it, that was a business. That was a business trip. Like they were smiling, they were happy, but that there was no celebration in there. Like it, it was just, it was professional. It was like exactly what we expected. That that was sort of the the vibe that, that I got in that locker room. It was it, it vastly different.
1: All, all about context too, right? And and it was and anybody's listening would would I'm sure that if they missed it would love to read your story from Sunday about about the journey from there to here. Yeah, how bad but, it was, yeah. But circling back again to blair's first point i mean that year that was half as many wins as it had the whole entire season <laughs> that's before right. that's right and a lot of a lot of holdovers i mean some change was yeah. already happening but a lot of people that had had really suffered through that so i think we understand the trajectory the goal is different I, I mean i'm sure every year you have the goal of reaching the super bowl but it wasn't really i think anything anybody was thinking about in game one of andy Reid's tenure yeah. no, now i think it's all anybody's thinking about i mean to the degree you do in the back of your mind when you're focused on playing.
2: Yeah. And I think it changes the way that people like us and, and you know, people like the people who are listening to this think of the team in that, um, you know, I look at the defense, for instance, and they gave up 22 of 25 completions to uh, Gardner Minshew you know, who is now a career 88% NFL passer.
0: Uh, Set the NFL record for a first-time (laughs) starter in completion. I
2: bet he did. That uh, that seemed rare when it was (laughs) was happening. (laughs) As
0: it was (laughs) unfolding, (laughs)
1: first 13. First 13 (laughs) was something in itself, yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But like, it's, what's different about this, like, I don't know ever and, and look, the Chiefs have had good teams. The Chiefs have had teams that that you expected to win win the division, expected to be in the playoffs, all that stuff. But I don't remember a Chiefs season where I have so totally looked at it through the lens of, I don't care what it is now. Are there signs of what it can be in January? And so a defense that gives all that up, I still looked at it like, you know what? I felt like their tackling was a little more solid. Um, the corners got burned bad. And, and there there was a lot of miscommunication there. But to me, again, I'm thinking about new system and new new coaches and all that stuff. And, and that stuff will continue to get better. I just, I don't remember thinking that way. You know, like last year, it was just this weekly magic trick with Patrick Mahomes. And it was like, can you believe he did that again? And now it's like, well, let's, let's, project toward January. It's, it's one reason why the Tyreek Hill injury is sort of like, well, you know, as long as he's healthy in January.
1: Yeah, and, and also along those lines, you've been saying this all along, but I think it's really true that you can't exactly expect this defense to be whatever it's going to become for certainly weeks, yeah. right? I mean, it's just the nature of the beast when you've got eight guys starting that didn't start last year, and, and obviously right. an entire new scheme and defensive coordinator. But it was interesting that you—I um, mean—you looked at all angles of this. But one of the points you made the other day was just how um, some of the fundamental points, you know, were were looking a little different, right? The angles on tackling, the, the yeah. tackling itself, and things like that. And, and you got to figure the rest. Legitimately, is a matter of communication and, and gelling and getting to know each other. So that those are things you would expect to take shape better as the season goes.
2: Yeah, I, just, I looked at that like if if that's as good as the defense is in January, it's not good enough. But th- there were some fundamental points like, like you know, again, the, the tackling. Last year, one of the memories I have, other than the safety just being completely lost, is linebackers just whiffing tackle after tackle, arm tackle after arm tackle, between two and five yards of the line of scrimmage. And, and so a, a four-yard run is a nine-yard run or a 15-yard run or whatever. And Leonard Fournette, who is a bad man, just did not, I, I think they averaged about five yards a carry, but didn't get really loose. And he had to earned those
1: yards, right? I mean, he, that, yeah. that was it wasn't just a lot of whiffing and, and yeah. running through people, right? I mean, he yeah. was, he was carrying people a little bit, but.
2: I, I know we talked about this after the game in Jacksonville, but um, the, the, if there's one play that sticks out to me, it's that Damian Wilson, um, you know, That's just right. coming down like clear on, on a play that the 2018 Chiefs got killed on dozens of times. Damian Wilson closes on that third and two, and and you made this point, Blair, about even if he didn't strip it, that tackle was made before the sticks. They were gonna
0: to have to make a decision on whether to go for it on fourth down. Yeah,
2: um, but he did strip it. Um, and, and that was quick, and that was aggressive. That was a play that didn't happen last year. Leonard Fournette has never lost a fumble in his career before. And then, and then the offense, and Vahe, you made this point too about like that was um, the offense's longest drive. Right after that, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they and some of that's coincidence or whatever, right. Like, but still, they, they made that count. They absolutely made that count and drove it down their throats. That, that was just a really big moment that I don't think we saw much of last year.
1: One one thing I and I can't you you have such a better memory than than I do, um, and so does Blair. What was the play at Denver last year? There there was there was a run at Denver where I think five guys missed somebody going in the end zone on like a 12 oh, yard run. Yeah. And, and it yeah. seemed like there was some kind of uh, special exclamation point at the end. I can't quite remember what it was, but where maybe like, <laughs> yeah. like, just, just ran over somebody for, for good measure at the end. I, I, yeah. I can't quite place the play, but I remember thinking that was the, the one that sort of spoke to it all. It was
2: left to right. It was on, you know, as we were looking at it, it was on the right side of the, the toward yes. the right corner of the, yeah, that, oh my God, yeah. <laughs>
1: That was bad. I'll see if I can get my research staff to look that play up while we go on here. <laughs> um,
0: the the play that you're you're describing, the Damian Wilson play, Sam was. If there was a turning point in the game, it was that. Absolutely, because it was a ten point game yeah. with uh, with the Jaguars clearly in field goal range. If they don't pick up the first down, they kick the field goal and make it a one possession game. Yeah. And here are the Chiefs who have scored on every possession you know because they scored on their first seven in the game which i'm still stunned by that idea against that defense yeah in those conditions totally um it would still have been a game i thought that was that was the second pivotal moment of the game and the first one was actually the the uh the nick Foles touchdown pass because he was injured on the play Mm -hmm. you know just think about the sequence of events that that started that Mahomes misses wide open Travis Kelsey in the end zone yeah. because because he's not looking at Kelsey. And as we find out on Monday from Andy Reid, there was a me- there was a method to the madness here. He was trying to freeze you know underneath coverage, and I don't know if that's Andy Reid taking Mahomes off the hook. He doesn't need to do that. But you know I'm, I'm I've gone back and looked at it, and I think there's a case to be made that there, there was a reason for Mahomes. He wasn't trying to. Create his first highlight moment of yeah. He already had right the previous series on the touchdown pass, but um, but anyway, so they settle for the field goal there to make it ten nothing, and then the Jaguars march down and get the touchdown to make it ten seven. And I'm thinking, okay, we know what we're going to talk about now. Mahomes with his no look, you know, whiff, and Jacksonville almost like insulted by that sort of thing. Going to come down and assert themselves and. Well, Foles gets hurt on the play by Chris Jones, and and um, and the Chiefs don't stop scoring. They, um, I can't remember exactly what they did on the next possession, but they don't stop. And, oh, it was the it was the it was the Watkins second touchdown yeah, pass. Yeah, the, so the forty-nine They, they, they made it seven. Yeah, they make it seventeen to seven. So maybe maybe that's you know kind of doesn't matter what happens to the Chiefs because this offense always has the ability to make something good occur. Um, and and, uh, let's let's talk go ahead
2: well I just like sort of to that point it sounds like a sticky thing to say like a joke but I mean this sincerely that Patrick Mahomes is the chief's best defensive player (laughs) (laughs) because he puts so much pressure on the other on the other side it just it completely changes
0: what do you think the Jacksonville defensive rooms are looking like (laughs) You know, today, you know, with seeing Travis Kelsey just wide open and the, yeah. the missed tackles. And, oh, that, they have got to be furious about uh, what they saw in that game.
1: And, you know, some of the meltdown stuff happening with, with Jacksonville, just just whether it was taunting or or, the, you know, the, the, the basically fisticuffs, all that was just another version of something we saw so much last year. How many times did you see a pass completed and the defender just kind of getting up, shaking his head? Oh, all the time. Just obvious body language of yeah. exasperation. Mm-hmm. This was a different form of it. Out of a team that tends to, you know, be a little chippy anyway. Played yeah. the edge. Yeah, you know. yeah. So, but but that that's part of what your point is. of I mean, about the Mahomes effect. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what what you what you do to the whole other team.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it from their point of view, and and again, I, I have to imagine they put a lot of emotion and pride. Into preparing for this game, see not just season opener, but what happened last year, and you think you have a certain way that this is going to go, and you're playing physical, and you're doing all these things, and it just doesn't matter, you know. Like, in some ways, I get it, you know, to be that frustrated. You know, it's like like the old, you know, the Mike Tyson, everybody's gotta plan until they get punched in the mouth. Everybody's gotta plan until the Chiefs go 68 yards in the blink of an eye.
1: Yeah, especially with the guy that really hadn't had that kind of play, certainly as a Chief, and and in some years, right? So that's gotta be another part of it. Like, we thought maybe we could cover Kelsey and Hill and things would work out okay, but oh, Sammy Watkins can do this.
2: Yeah, and now Hill's even out. So that should be be good for us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's
0: talk about that for a second. Um, Hill goes out in the late in the first quarter on. Listen, Jalen Ramsey was the one who tackled him. I didn't think it was a, you know, I think it was a good play. I
2: thought it was a really hard, really clean tackle. Yeah. Yep.
0: Not unlike what Chris Jones applied to Nick Totally.
1: I, yep. I'm with you on that. A thing though that that kind of put an asterisk next to it for me was just the the, the attempted extra shove, or at the end, right? Which was, and I. I'm only replaying this in my mind. I, I can't fully reel it in, but Tyreek was obviously already hurt at that stage. Yeah, unbe- so, unbeknownst to him, Unbeknownst anybody, to him yeah. and, and, and anybody. anybody but, 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 but it still was, I, I don't know, it just was cheap. That, and it, it stays well, with me as part of that play.
2: Uh, I'm curious, if did you watch it again? Did you watch the replay of it?
1: Just in the immediate. I didn't watch it again it, later.
2: It looked to me, I, I thought the same thing live, like, oh God, that's that's really bad. Um, but it looked like he he was, uh, Ramsey was walking kind of between Hill, who was on his knees or maybe on all fours, whatever, kind of on the ground, and Cam Irving, who was standing there. And it looked like, Cam, like him and Cam Irving, I don't know who shoved Ooh. him first, but it sort of looked like, and obviously Cam Irving is a much bigger man than Jalen Ramsey, kind of pushed him, not dirty, but just kind of pushed him, and, and, and Ramsey sort of jumped back a little bit, and that might have been... The contact with Hill. So anyway, it looked to me really dirty um, live, but then when I watched it again, I was like, "Oh, you know, okay, maybe." Yeah,
1: I should watch it again. I don't but know. Good, good point.
0: So Hill's out uh, for what we don't think is eight weeks, which would have been an IR stint if if, yeah. if Tyreek Hill had been placed on the injured reserve list, he would not have been able to return until uh, week nine. Yeah.
2: Now that <laughs> the Chiefs have. Elected not to put a guy on IR before <laughs> and had to miss more than eight games. I, uh, as recently as last season, <laughs> you got to go all the way back to 2018. Uh, but they they do at least as of last night. We're recording this on Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, at least as of last night, um, they they were optimistic that um, that this would not be an IR situation, and th- there's no timetable defined. As again, as of late last night. Um, but that is positive news. That, that is, um, I, I, I don't want to get into medical terms any more than what I'll just say now, um, but I got a text from a neighbor uh, who's a doctor who said that she was just geeking out, like nerdy medical geeking out on this injury because it's super rare and can be potentially life-threatening, she said. So that she's kind of dodged one here.
0: Well, when Rick Workholter yeah. came to the podium uh, after the game, he mentioned that you know if if it occurs this way, it, you know then you need surgery, I guess, yeah. medical attention. And I thought for someone who you know who t- kind of got up holding his shoulder, collarbone area, that that struck me as being wow, yeah. potentially really bad. But apparently, it's not. It's not. It wasn't the worst news, and in and here on Tuesday, it's not the worst. I, I think we'll find out by the end of this week. Yeah, what, what what the Chiefs' plan for, for Tyreek Hill is.
1: One thing that, that comes to mind as we think about this, and I'd be curious to, to know how you guys see it. Last year, the, the situation with Eric Berry last year, when they kept referring to day-to-day that became week-to-week and month-to-month. On a day-to-day how, day basis. On a day-to-day <laughs> day basis. How much of that was actually the Chiefs didn't know, and how much was gamesmanship? I, I suspect it's the former. In this case and it's early into this case, I would assume whatever's happening is with, with the full understanding of the Chiefs. But I do wonder about
2: last year, how much it's just the Chiefs didn't know. I got the sense that they didn't know and they were very frustrated yeah. by it. Because at some point, and this point was not in November or whatever, this point was early where it was up to the player. It was up to Eric.
0: in his camp. Yeah. I, I just remember thinking yep. they were the ones calling the shots on yep. this. And mm-hmm. don't you remember, so he makes his season debut against the Chargers in the prime time game. I want to say it was a Thursday night game, and it was at night. And after the game, it was the first time we had, a, had an opportunity to talk to Eric Berry since training camp. And he that was that was the interview where he said he, um, his spirit was advising him, you know, or words to that effect. That
2: he could have played the week before, but his yeah. spirit wasn't into it. Something yeah. like that. Yeah,
0: and I thought, wow. Um, yeah. The, what 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 does that mean? And yeah, where, where, where was he? What was he trying to say with that? And I, I, that gave me the idea that and Andy will do Andy Reid will do anything and everything to protect his guys. Right. Sure. And I, I thought as, as I reflect on it, I, I think that's what Andy Reid was doing all of last season when it came to him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's well said um, because something just never added up, and the reason it never added up was that nobody was going to be fully candid about whatever the complications were, and to this day we don't really know. Yeah. Right. I mean, do other than that he's not playing
2: yeah yeah and it was was one of the weird things how that went about this was somewhat of a good break for the Chiefs is that um if he was hurt the whole year that contract was guaranteed yeah the contract was guaranteed for injury but the fact that he played and played what like 90 snaps or whatever it was against the Patriots he's no longer hurt and that's why they could cut him and get out of that money so you know it's a little bit of a break there it's just mm. a a crazy situation all around there now with with this with Tyreek um you wouldn't think <laughs> I mean you wouldn't think that that situation last year with, with Barry would happen ever um but with Tyreek it doesn't at least right now they they seem pretty optimistic that terrible injury you know really bad you know with potentially very serious consequences but that they've dodged the worst of it
1: and again we're, we're days into this and that sure. that started off, you know, we were a, a month into that before that even got weird, right? Or yeah. three weeks into that before that even right, got weird. Right. So, I, 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 there's no reason to think they're gonna be really parallel situations.
0: Yeah. This also explains why we see Tyreek Hill, you know, as he, uh, when he on, on a reception or a, a return, dart out of bounds. You know, often darts out of bounds. Often accelerating. Yes. Um, <laughs> there is absolutely no reason for a player of his stature um, and I, I mean that both physical, physical stature and and, uh, and and where he is as a, a player in the NFL uh, to to lower his shoulder and oh. barrel into someone <laughs> yeah. and, and be tough. He did a little bit of that as a rookie, and uh, don't do that, you know. And, yeah. and and this was on a clean tackle uh, um, where he got kind of got. You know, thrown a little yeah. bit. You know, to yeah. his body shifted to a, a way where it going to, where he landed awkwardly to to do the damage that it did. Hey, s-
1: speaking of that, we didn't really get to talk about this very much, and and part of it is how Patrick goes into it. But the play that preceded Patrick getting hurt, he really was pretty vulnerable and stayed up again a little longer. I think than he did sort of slide, but he was up a little longer than than you would have liked, and as i recall it was it wasn't an option it was sort of a design run around right end wasn't it i mean I, I don't i don't think he was forced out of the pocket i just wonder what the point of doing that is other than to say well sometimes this guy guy can run and obviously he'll have to scramble etc here and there but i i don't like seeing that i don't yeah. like seeing him made in any way more vulnerable than than he
0: should be absolutely no i i agree 100 percent don't don't run don't run. Take the field goal. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, always with him. Live to fight another down and you know another series. Yeah. Don't um, don't leave yourself open for that type yeah. of uh, potential. You know, real damaging hit. Yeah. So um, look before. Uh, I, I wanted to say this because I don't think we've mentioned his name either on the the, the post game Facebook Live or and we or any of the coverage of the game, but on that play where. Mahomes was hurt, and there was the the fracas in the end zone between all the you know, the Jaguars and the Chiefs. Eric Fisher made a really nice play. Mm-hmm. Mahomes fumbled the ball, mm-hmm. and it was Fisher who who fell on it, alertly Ooh. fell on it. As he did, was it in the Baltimore game? I the was Ravens gonna game? going to bring right that. It right
2: was yeah, correct. Yep. Absolutely, yep. save the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, so as as Romeo Cornell would say, kadoos to." <laughs> <laughs> many Kadoos. Many Kadoos to, to, to Eric Fisher.
1: And and whatever the opposite of Kadoos is to me, because I was talking to Eric Fisher and meant to ask him about it Sunday, then forgot and started talking to somebody else. Because I it was it was a good thing to ask him about, um, being that alert, right, when you're doing so many other things. Right.
0: Did you guys watch the Raiders uh, Broncos last night? saw some of it. Yeah.
1: I saw the early going. Um, early I,
0: going was impressive by, yeah. by, the, by the home team. Yeah. And, and it ended well, up
1: 20... 2417.
0: 24, 16, 24, 16. And, and we'll talk more about this game on Thursday at our Facebook Live from Big O Tires in Kansas City. But I just wanted to get any kind of early impressions. It was 14 to nothing at halftime. To pitch a shutout in a half of an NFL game these days is pretty impressive.
2: Yeah. Is Joe Flacco or not? <laughs> and look, and
0: especially <laughs> you know, winning quarterback Joe yeah. Flacco.
1: That's right. And especially look with the chaos that's been surrounding them. Um, right. I I think that. That was different than I expected that game to play out, or certainly even to start out.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, ends up being an impressive victory for for the Raiders, and that's where the Chiefs head. We will spend some time Thursday, and Vahe, I'm actually looking forward to a pregame Facebook Live from the field at Oakland, uh, Oakland's Alameda County Coliseum on <laughs> on Sunday, because it will be the last time that the Chiefs ever play in in, in that uh, stadium. So. Uh, with that, let's let's take a break and we'll be right back to talk some college football after this. Save big on the biggest brand tires. Where else? You're participating Big O' Tires. Now through September 22nd, get up to $70 off select sets of Michelin and BF Goodrich brand tires. Plus, get up to an additional $120 in mail-in rebates on qualifying purchases using your Big O' Tires credit card. Only
2: at Big O' Tires, the team you trust. Not valid with other offers. Disposal fees extra. Up to 10% shop fee based on non-discounted retail price. Not to exceed $35, per permitted. For the store nearest you, go to BigOtires.com.
0: a lot of subscription services won't tell you that they'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com/sportsbeatkc offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back with Sam and Vahe. We're going to talk some college football, guys. We were in the Jacksonville airport waiting for Sam McDowell to land and uh, Sam Mellinger <laughs> called up uh, ESPN Plus on his phone and we were kind of tapped into the final final few minutes of Kansas 12 to seven loss to Coastal Carolina. And uh, I gotta say, I was a little bit surprised by the outcome. Maybe I shouldn't have been, Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have been. But as we talked about later, We'd had, since Les Miles was hired, which was right after the 2018 season, David Beatty had been, you know, it had been announced that he was no longer the coach, and then they Les Miles came aboard pretty quickly. He's had 10 months of pretty good publicity and uh, that opportunity for Kansas fans to feel good about the direction of the program. Was it all undone in one loss?
1: I, I don't think so. And and I think we've all been conscious of the long game here for less, right? I mean, what, what's what are the recruiting implications of of his first few months, and they seem to be pretty good. Um, I think we actually said this last week. You might have to check me on this, Sam. <laughs> but I remember we thought that was that was a game the week before that they would have lost a year ago. Right, mm-hmm. the Indiana State. Game. Right, the Indiana State game. Um, but I think we also thought it's not it's not just gonna be an upward trajectory, it's gonna be a pendulum swinging back and forth. And as much as that game opens up the idea that you don't have to lose, finding a way to always come through in these situations is another matter. So I I don't feel like it undoes it, but I feel like it reminds you of where they are. And as our friend uh, Joe Waljasper uh, wrote off the uh, Missouri-West Virginia game, Looking forward to the his big takeaway from that game was the uh, Kansas West Virginia game later. <laughs>
0: That's right, because West Virginia got smashed by the Tigers yeah. on Saturday. Sam, I guess I guess you could if you know. It seems like headline writers, copy editors are always looking for that right verb. You know to you know Jayhawks lose, Jayhawks <laughs> run over. This one, I think we found a, a new one. We sure did <laughs> this, this time, and we could say the KU was pinataed. <laughs> by Coastal Carolina. They sure
2: were, literally and figuratively, uh, they were they were pinatted. Uh For anybody that might not understand what we're talking about, there was a uh, just an incredible video <laughs> posted, uh, that at least I saw on Twitter, of a actual pinata, Jayhawk pinata, that went down at the hands of a crutch. Right.
1: That was the best. Two,
2: two swings from a crutch, right. and, that, and that pinata it was, was done. It yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, one, one, the first swing took the body. Right. <laughs> the second swing took the head. Uh, I, I thought, you know, it, it, it is a marathon, right, with, with less, but um, part of the reason that you hire the guy with a big national championship ring, which – he has been known to wear, <laughs> yes, from from time to time, is that um, it, it's not just the recruiting bump and and that but that is probably the most important part. But you know, a guy who has been forget about national championship, but just been a, a power five coach for as long as Les has, you don't expect them to need to go through three timeouts. I know one of them was Coastal mm-hmm. Carolinas, but three timeouts to do a puka up the middle that everybody knows is is coming. There there's just little stuff like that. It, the, the offense seems. Straight out of the nineteen sixties, and and that was uh, you know one of the criticisms of the hire is that you know he's not creative enough offensively for this day and age, and you know he, he said all the right things publicly. I'm learned from that and all that blah blah blah, but it doesn't look like it. And, and I know you know again the roster is is not close to where it needs to be, but they do have a stud running back, um, and they've got two really good receivers, and you know you would you would like to have some creativity to be able to let those guys shine a little bit more, you know, like seven points against coastal, you know, a sunbelt team that.
0: After scoring on the first possession. So I think Kansas scored on the first possession of that game and then did not score again.
2: Yeah. It's just, to me, it doesn't mean that Les Miles is going to be a failure at KU. I'm not, saying that but it is really discouraging Um, not just the loss and not just the idea that they will now likely be double digit underdogs in every game that they play with the possible exception of West Virginia Um, but West Virginia is a power five school (laughs) and uh, Coastal Carolina is not so take that for what it's worth but it's just the way the disorganization and you know sort of the lack of creativity the you know inability to kind of come up with not answers necessarily, but just tweaks, changes. Right. Um, that that part of it is really, really discouraging.
0: And they, they got a big break late in that game too. Didn't Coastal miss a twenty?
2: It was 20 a short one-yard field yeah, goal. Yeah, I think it was like twenty-eight. That, that would have like made that. it a two-score. Yep.
0: You know, or, or at least a fifteen-to-seven yep. edge. So, yep. okay, you got a break and could not wasn't yep. team enough to take advantage. They were not of that. Um, so. Kansas fans are this week where Missouri fans were <laughs> previous week. That's right. Just angry and upset. The the bar is much, much higher at, at Missouri. But the Tigers found a way to fight a way. They just stomped West Virginia. Yeah. You know that, And I think West Virginia confirmed our preseason feeling that it's going to be a difficult transition year for Neil Brown, their new head coach who came from Troy. But... Missouri needed to have i think a convincing victory uh, over over the Mountaineers and that game was over pretty soon pretty early
1: it, it was and and you're right they needed it i think they kind of needed it to be that way um and it, it matters less the statement they make to others than the, they make to themselves right and i i think um they have every reason to sort of be back in whatever optimistic mode they were before the silly Wyoming loss which really in, in hindsight is is I can't remember. Wyoming struggled a bit uh, last weekend, didn't they? Gosh, I don't didn't remember. I, I, I thought just, I saw that, I, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, uh, um,
0: if, if they did. But you look back on that Missouri-Wyoming game; it's just it was almost impossible for Missouri to lose that game with you know, Kelly Bryant throwing for 420 something yards and um, just the, the the bad breaks that Missouri got in that game. And look, I. They lost. I mean, scoreboard yeah. is the ultimate truth here, but
1: but the question was coming out of that game: you know, how much of the that stuff is, for lack of a better term, fixable stuff, right? And I know Kelly Bryant had some. That was his only bad judgment: that interception. But but also he, he probably got better, right? Right. Right. And, Correct. And uh, I th- I th- I think you come away from that game feeling like whatever factors undid them against Wyoming don't have to be their identity.
0: And not a theme, right? Not a a theme that they're carried. uh, they going to carry beyond. And and I think they have, is it SEMO this week? SEMO
1: this week, and then South Carolina as part of the five-game homestand. Yes,
0: so that's the one we're kind of pointing at for um, uh, kind of the makeup game for the loss to Wyoming, if it can result in a a more focused team against some of their more difficult opponents, starting with South Carolina.
1: And I I would think we'd like to see that be early in the day kind of game where where we might have a chance to have some extra coverage there
0: all about us i think that i think the the game time has been announced i thought it was announced yesterday maybe was it i didn't see it yet afternoon okay uh, three o'clock ish Um, i want to say so
1: sort of a tweener yep but i I think yeah i'll look uh, i'm looking again now please do
0: please do before we sign off we'll make sure we have that uh corrected but so that leaves uh, Kansas State, well their fan base have the similar feeling of uh, Missouri fans in week one, KU fans in week two. The Wildcats traveled to Mississippi State, uh, ranked team. It is um, uh, it is the marquee non-conference game for the Wildcats. And the biggest test for, for the new coach, Chris Kleiman, he is an underdog for the first time this season. But boy, they've been impressive the first couple of weeks. and took care of business in a way that Kansas and Missouri have not taken care of business.
2: Yeah, um, first, uh, Wyoming beat Texas State 23 to 14 Yeah, in week two. Um, well, you know, Blair, we talked about this in Jacksonville, and Nichols is a good FCS team, for whatever that's worth. Uh, Bowling Green is a bad FBS team. Uh, but when you play teams that you're better than, that you're stronger than, that you're more talented than, you're supposed to beat them 101 to 14. Um, I think that's the the cumulative score. Um, So I don't know what there is to take from from Bowling Green um, other than Skylar Thompson was efficient and terrific in that game in a way that he really wasn't asked to be um, against Nichols. But um, I I think all you can take is just they're they're doing what they should be doing if they're kind of a bowl-caliber team. Um, And I'm not going to be discouraged by – anything that happens in Starkville other than just if they're on the, if they get nickelsed, you know? Or
0: like what happened to them against Mississippi State in Manhattan last year where Mississippi State just uh, asserted its dominant. I think it was 31 to 10 the final. It was
2: man against boys. It,
0: w- it really was. Yeah. And which was surprising to me because we had seen uh Kansas State Stand up to every opponent mm-hmm. ever played under Bill Snyder. You just mm-hmm. didn't, you know, except Oklahoma seemed to always have Snyder's yeah. number. But I can remember Auburn coming in a few years earlier, and uh, and, and Kansas that, that game going down to a final, you know, final series, and any of the not any of the non-conference opponents, the big ones that Kansas State have played, mm-hmm. they they didn't get pushed around, and they got pushed around. Yeah, that was
2: bad. And and Starkville, you know, has a reputation for being a tough place to play, and all that. It's a, it's the most talented team that Chris Kleiman has coached against right? Um, you know, I think we can say that. But it's not a game that I'm expecting K-State to win. That, that was always going to be a tough game, no matter who the coach is. But, you know, you go down there and you compete. If Skylar Thompson shows a little bit, if if they, like you said, if they stand up a little bit at the line of scrimmage, uh, I'm going to be encouraged. Like, you know, with K-State, the, the first two opponents overmatched, um, you know, not quite <laughs> the other way here. But you know k-state will be a deserved i'm sure they're 10 point underdog or seven you know something like that i would assume and uh you know i I think we're going to have a better idea of what they are two three four games into the conference uh schedule but um it it will be nice to see them against a you know an sec school a, a legitimate you know not just a six and six bowl team but a potential eight and four or whatever, uh, you know, it'll it'll be interesting, but I, I don't need them to win that game to feel like Chris Kleiman is, is on the right track.
0: As Kellis Robinette, who covers K-State for us in the Wichita Eagles said, it's one of the rare uh, occasions where Chris Kleiman's an underdog because he just, That's right. you know, beat the bejesus out of everybody at North Dakota State, except when he, you know, early when they'd have their big non-conference game against an Iowa or a Kansas State or, or Iowa State or whoever, and then he find a way to win that game. So at least he's got a little track record yeah. of you know, doing well as, as an underdog as well. So- Seven and a half point underdog. Is that what it is? I just looked it up. And yep. we got the Missouri- Missouri is
1: 3 p.m. on that day. You, against, you, were, you were correct, uh, in, against uh, South Carolina. Right,
0: and, I, and you just can't say in Columbia because yep. you're right both ways. This yep. one's uh, in Columbia, Missouri as <laughs> yes. part of the, the home schedule. So, all right guys, uh, great stuff. Thanks for stopping by, and we will see you on Thursday at Big O Tires in Kansas City. Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes, and all Chiefs stories are available on kansascity.com, facebook.com slash Extra, and the Red Zone Extra app. Check out our college coverage in the star and on kansascity.com. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review Sportsbeat KC We'd love to hear from you, and your review could help us reach more listeners. Thanks to Leah Becerra and Kathy Liu for all they do putting together this podcast, and thanks for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday to talk sports in Kansas City on Sportsbeat KC.